1: If it goes a distance, we both failed. Hello, I'm Gareth Davis. Welcome to the Battle of the Baddest podcast. I'm here in Whitehall in Westminster in London. We have the press conference today for David Adelaide and Fabio Wardley. Wardley defends the British heavyweight title. It's a big grudge fight between these two unbeaten young British heavyweights. Of course, they are the precursor to the fight between Tyson Fury and Francis Ngannou on October the 28th in Riyadh. We're going to head to the press conference now. I'm going to interview both men today. I'm going to speak to Dan Hardy and Carl Frampton, who are on the broadcast team for TNT Sports. I'm going to speak to promoter Frank Warren, and we're going to see if there's going to be any more RG bargy today. Welcome to the Battle of the Baddest podcast. Well, joining me on the Battle of the Baddest podcast, one of the best-looking Adonises, in Britain, in heavyweight boxing and in boxing, you are. Let's not be. Uh, let's not be too shy about this. But the key is what you do with your hands and your feet and your brain, isn't mm. it, in the ring?
2: Yeah, it's all good. It's all good looking the part, but I, the part. That's the thing I think um, is actually showing up on the night and doing the job. But so far, so good. And planning for the same event again on uh, on the 28th.
1: It must feel huge to be on it, it's a six-fight heavyweight card. Mm. These two fellas behind us, the, big boys. the Francis and Garnus, chance to probably create the biggest upset in heavyweight boxing history against the lin- lineal champion, champion, Tyson Fury. Mm-hmm. Um, without going into the rivalry between yourself and David Adelaide, first of all, um, does it feel like a, a, a kind of a, a shot in the arm, an injection, to be able to be on such a big card that's going to be watched so globally?
2: Yeah, this show, like I've been on big shows. um, This has a different feel to it, definitely. We're seeing this really ramping up now. As you're getting closer to the fight, the promotion and stuff is all really, um, really building, really, they're just going, they're going full steam ahead with it. And it's really, like it's grabbing a lot of people, like random people who aren't particularly even that interested in boxing stuff are grabbing me. And they're like, oh, so, you're on this card and so-and-so is fighting and, and it's grabbing a lot of people's attention. Um, so it's a, it's massive for me, a privilege, to be a part of the show um, and have everything there set laid out in front of me and then they go, right, go fab, stage is yours, have your moment.
1: Are you saying that it, it is crossing over, this event, then?
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, it, is def- it is definitely crossing over. And I think that was partly the point as well, was to grab a wider audience and Try and get some more people involved to have a look and go look this is this is boxing and this is two massive events or two massive people coming together and there's a lot of question marks about the fight and how it's going to end up and how it's going to be and i think that's what makes it so interesting when i spoke
1: to todd to buff and bob arum and frank warren the promotional side of all of this i know you're an independent at the moment aren't you um there is a move Towards the Middle East, towards Saudi Arabia with big time heavyweight boxing. So outside again your actual battle, your retention of your title against Adelaide, it's a chance to really put yourself out there as well, isn't it? In a in what would be it's almost like the Vegas of years ago mm-hmm. that we were going to, that this might be the new Las Vegas for the big fight nights. So a statement from you can really put you in that mix. You must Without putting pressure on yourself, you must feel that as well. That this is that kind of opportunity.
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, this—that's the thing, isn't it? Because it's, it's like I just said. They—they they give you the platform, and they go right. Here's your moment. Here you go. Take advantage of it. And I'm more—I'm more than happy to do so. It's, it's definitely those are the type of things that really get me going. Like when you look around and you stop for a second and you go, "I'm part of something." serious here like something big's happening and and this is my moment like you get your your time in the ring to showcase your skills your abilities and um and then after that you, you do a good job and hopefully they give you a call again and want you to come back because like I say the saudis are looking like they've taken a keen interest into boxing there's gonna be a lot more fights there going forward and a lot more i'd like to be a part of
1: definitely a movement um we're sitting here today look overlooking the thames horse guards hotel um we are i think what are we 12 days 11 days from the event Mm. you heading off today as well you're getting over there you're going to acclimatize
2: soon not yet soon though yeah i'll be going over soon soak up some of the weather soak up some of the rays um and just enjoy it a bit as well and enjoy the the spectacle of what it's going to be um take some moments not too many but take some time to kind of soak it in and go and and just reflect and going yeah hang on we're we're part of something special here
1: Undefeated in 16 fights, you pulled me up earlier, but if I didn't look up your record before I got here, I've d- I had to ask you, you I shouldn't you have...
2: Dropped d- half, you chopped my record in half, I think, and he said I had about 11 fights or something like that, I was like, hang on, I've done, I've done a few more than that. That's
1: two-thirds, not half. Uh, I, I, listen, you were splitting hairs <laughs> with me earlier. Um, you are one of the rising stars of the division. When you look back to, I mean, just a little bit on your history, that you were fighting... Very little amateur background or none really. No amateur. Yeah. Um, you you were a white collar boxer, you um obviously very athletic growing up. Mm. Um do you when you look back now, is it is it a bit of a dream? Do you have to pinch yourself? I know you put the hard work in, Fabio, there's no question about that. I've always been a fan of yours. Um, but do you have to pinch yourself that things are mushrooming all the time for you and that
2: it's it's a funny one when you when I when I allow myself them them little moments to stop and kind of bask in what I've done so far like don't get wrong I don't give it to myself too often Mm -hmm. but every now and then I have a little moment and I'll be like actually you're not you're not doing half bad you've done all right considering where you started considering where you've come from and where what you've achieved so far in your career you you're doing pretty well fab so I give myself a little pat on the back every now and then but not too much
1: but it's more where you were was it five years ago? Would you you would have been now? Mm. That you, wh- wh- where were you headed? What were you going to do in life? Where were you? Where were, wh- where was your focus and energy being put into?
2: Um, I think. Well, I started what am I now? Twenty twenty eight, almost twenty nine. So five years ago, I was still I was just starting out on my boxing career, um, and I was just doing it because I enjoyed it. I had a love for the sport. I had a love for the training and pushing yourself and testing and really seeing how far, where my limits were. Um, I think that's something definitely boxing brings out of people is really making you think that your limits are in one place and showing you that actually you've got you've got a bit more in the tank. Um, So I was focused on the sport back then, but I didn't, I wasn't necessarily sure of where my path was or where I was gonna end up. And as the years went on, things got to be a bit clearer and I started to narrow my focus. and, And then a few years on from that, here I am.
1: This fight, against David Adelaide, Wardley versus Adelaide, is one that we might not have got this soon, but it reminds me back in the day of the super middleweights, uh, George Groves and James DeGale fighting when they were at Commonwealth and British level at the time. They both went on to be world champions, of course. I I have a feeling that both you and David will, no matter what happens um, on February the 20th, um, sorry, October the 28th in in Riyadh. Um, When you get... A fight like this, it's a crossroads fight for how we see it anyway, it might just be another fight to you. Um, Do you look at it differently? Do you treat yourself differently? Are you up for it more? Maybe you're up for it more because of the contretemps, if I can call it that, at the press conference a couple of weeks back. Mm -hmm. Talk to me about that. Are you up for it more? Did what happened there kind of light a fire under you, more so?
2: I think, like, I'm I'm always a, a consummate professional, so I always want to put the most into my training, into myself, and, like, I'm always in the gym. I'm never particularly out of shape, whatever, out of the gym. I'm never away from it too often for too long, even quite shortly after a fight. Um, I want to respect the sport and put the most into it. So it's hard to... Um, it's hard to say, oh, yeah, I've put more into this camp because I'm always putting 100% in. Mm. I'm always I'm always doing more. I'm always pushing myself. I'm always thinking, how can we tweak? What can we add? Like even at the points where uh, like a few fights ago now we've added Ben into the camp and that's me going, all right, cool. That's another little 1% and another little 1%. So I'm doing those things all the time anyway. I don't need it. Ben into the camp. Ben Davison, as part of the team. Yep. Um, no,
1: not everyone knows who he is.
2: <laughs> I, think, I think quite a bit people know who Ben Davison is. But um, that like doing those little bits, even aside from any sort of controversy or any needing any sort of nudge to do those things, I'm doing them on my own. I think be- before anything else, I hold myself to a higher standard um, and want to make sure that I'm getting the most out of this. Because a boxing career isn't particularly long either. So I need to... I need to really treat it with respect and and put the most into it that I can and that's what I try and do.
1: What about the fire? What about what happened on the red carpet? Um, You guys obviously want to be the king of the jungle. Mm. Um, There is a rivalry there. It's a very, very exciting fight for us when we picture the silhouettes moving and the hands flying. You're both at similar stages. He's come up maybe a bit behind you but what did that do that day what how did you feel after what happened there on the day did you go away with something different in your mind
2: i was probably disappointed more so mm. because like i'm not like i've i understand that boxing as a sport has those moments and those back and forth and things and they're fine they have their place to a certain extent
1: but then you know every the, the reason it has its place and the reason it's got more exciting is because we, having watched boxing a really long time, know that when something like that's happened, victory for you becomes even more important.
2: It definitely w- will be sweeter on the night. Um, yeah. I'd, I'd agree with that, definitely. But um, there was a lot more to be done that day. That's the thing. There was a big press conference that was watched by millions of people that I was supposed to be a part of, um, and that got that got disrupted and taken away. I um, mean, it was supposed to be a great... A great time to showcase not only the main event but us as chief support um a lot of people have dedicated a lot of time and money to an event like that so from so for some silly people to ruin it with some silly actions is like i say disappointing but it is what it is and like i say victory on the night will be a bit sweeter
1: bell rings what happens
2: (laughs) it depends it depends what kind of mood i'm in i think um it depends how i feel about going about it because I think I'm going to I'm going to like I've been saying it probably since s- since for a, well for a long enough time now that I don't believe he has any any heart or anything in him and I think that's if I can get anything from this fight at least that's the thing I want to show to people is that he's not he's made of glass he's soft there's nothing there there's no substance there's no heart and I will happily put myself on the line to show you that and I'll showcase because I've gone through those moments before those hard rough moments we've got to figure it out and for me, th- it, it doubles me down and makes me more focused on the job at hand. So it's, um, it's going to bring me a bit of joy to showcase that to the world of just how really feeble he is. Is it
1: going the distance?
2: No, not even close. Not even close. It's, uh, it's my first time in Saudi. I want to see some of the So I'm going to get that job done and then I'm going to chip off and have a look around and see what's going on.
1: These two fellas behind, um, a lot of people. I've been correcting a lot of people. They're calling that fight, um, Fury versus Nagano, an exhibition. Mm. Could you imagine, Francis, if he was coming in against you, deciding he was going to give an exhibition? For me, it's a fight still. He's a proud warrior from the MMA code, a former UFC heavyweight champion. He's been written off in many quarters. If you were giving Francis advice in his fight with Tyson, Mm. what would you say to him?
2: i think i'd say ignore the talk and you know yourself you believe in yourself because he's achieved a lot in the in ufc or in his specific domain um and those skills are transferable and don't get me wrong fury is a great great boxer a great fighter has a lot of heart um so it's not an easy job by any stretch of the imagination but it's an accomplishable task definitely there's there's definitely that in it. And I think that's what makes it so interesting is that there are question marks around how hard doesn't Garni hit. And if if he does catch Fury, will will he la- will he land? If he does land, w- will he go down? Will Fury be able to get up? And don't get me wrong, we've seen from Fury that he's got this almost like superpower-like ability to just get up even though you think he's done for it, you think he's out. So um, maybe we'll see a bit of that. Maybe it'll be a bit of the up and down like it was with the Wilder fight, a few ups, a few downs, and, and we'll get them exciting moments. But either way, I think it's gonna be one to remember.
1: And, and as someone that's rising, obviously your British title's on the line, is rising towards world level at the moment. You're probably four or five fights. You might, you, you might say, no, I'm not even that far away from it. When you heard that F- Fury against Alexander Usyk has been signed as well, does that gladden your heart?
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, I think for a, a multiple of reasons, but one because I think especially with this fight, I think a little bit people were, were upset that they didn't think they were getting the Usyk fight. Um, and then now I think it's like a double whammy where you're getting you're getting two for one, you're getting more bang for your buck, really. You're getting the really interesting matchup of of Fury versus Nganu and that all the question marks that that has around it. And then all of those core boxing fans are satisfied as well because they know at the end of that once that's done as well, they've got fury Usyk to to go for as well. So you're getting two for one on that.
1: Well, we look forward to seeing you in Riyadh at the Battle of the Baddest. Maybe you could tell the fans what you're going to do on the night. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, Fabio Woodley here. It's, uh, it's getting ready to prep up for the 28th Saudi fight. It's going to be a great fight. My fight's are always entertaining, always interesting, and always spicy. So it's going to get rowdy and Saudi.
1: Oh, I like it. Rowdy and Saudi, thank you very much. As always, thank you, Fabio. Cheers, mate. Cheers, thank you.
3: It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?
1: I never win and tell.
3: Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at slotscom Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: Well, I'm delighted to be joined on the Battle of the Baddest podcast by the Big D himself, um... David
0: Adelaide, who's been in Miami training for this. Is that first time abroad training? No, no, no. It's my fifth, my fourth or fifth time. So yeah, it's not my first.
1: You like it over there, the heat running in the morning, training like yes.
0: what? The humidity, you know, the heat, get away from the distractions, the spirals are better quality. Um, there's a load of heavyweights supposed in Miami. So yeah, it's good work.
1: There's a big grudge fight brewing. You know, and it ain't Fury and Nagani right now. It's you and Wardley. Fabio Wardley, I spoke to him earlier. Um, and he's saying you are got a glass heart. And he's going to crack it early in this fight. What do you say to that?
0: Numpty. What's he talking about? I've never heard somebody even say that to me before. Um, but if that's what he's banking on. then yeah, it's better for me. Do you think it's going to be a war? Depends on what comes up. I mean, how he comes up. If he comes up with a war, I'll stand and I'll bang with him. If he comes out trying to run away, then obviously it's gonna take a longer time, but for me there's no problem. You know what I mean? Uh I'll stand and bang with him anyway, so it don't really matter.
1: You and I have met recently, we've spoken a few times about your growth over the last year, two years. Um and I say growth in terms of maturing as a fighter and as a person. And you're the baby of your family, aren't you? Yeah. But you're I mean you're a giant baby if you're ever a baby, but yeah. But th- there's a maturity about how you feel about life, your
0: career, your professionalism. Yeah, 100%, you know, um, experience brings wisdom, right? Um, you can be a 20-year-old experienced fellow and have more wisdom than a man that's 40.
1: Mike Tyson was like that, maybe?
0: Exactly. Mm. Um, I just got a lot of life experience, I think, you know. and um, Over time, you start to pick up on certain things. And uh, yeah, in terms of fighting is well, i well, picked up a lot of experience in the last two years as well. Um, so yeah, it's making me the man, am, the man I am today, so.
1: The contretemps, the melee you had with Fabio Wardley, well, you didn't necessarily have it, but the camps had at the red carpet event at Outernet, just up the road from here in Whitehall, what is it, six weeks ago, um, caused a big stir. Yeah. It's created a lot of noise around this fight. Um, Has it created a lot more noise in your heart and in your psychology because of that as well, that it's ignited massive interest from the public in this fight?
0: No, my heart is to say, because he wasn't really doing anything. I mean, like, that just showed me that, you know what I mean? He keeps talking about all of these other things, but that just shows me, he's not really that guy. Um, He talks it and his his team might look it, but they're not really them sort of people. Um, And like I said, we only went there to match energy. Um, I never went in there with no malice, it was alright when we went in, um, but I'm just good at matching energy, so um, when their team came with a certain energy we matched it, uh, they didn't like it. Um, I was only in there with hard three people, it looked like I was in there with, with a load of people, but I was only in there with three people. Um, he was in there with a the whole team, he bought his own security firm, like, it's, we still matched the energy and uh came out on top, so I suppose. You know, people just thinking as having a certain assumption or he does, but yeah, it's all good.
1: Bell rings on Saturday night, October the twenty eighth, in Riyadh to open the Riyadh season. These two big fellas behind you on the post are the only ones left I- on the night. What happens when the bell rings between you and Wardley?
0: Go out then I have some fun. If he wants to bring war, he's gonna get war. If you want to try and be smart, I'm out smart him, you know I'm yeah, he he doesn't do nothing better than me on the fight. Like. Do
1: you outbox him? Do you outfight him? Do you out
0: both? Mm. Um, both. Like I'm, I'm going in there, knowing it's going to be a tussle. He's going in there thinking I've oh, got Adelaide or oh, his heart might go, or oh, he ain't been in a situation before. And if that's what you're banking on, you're being silly. You're very silly, because I'm not I'm not. I'm not going into the fight thinking like that. I'm going into the fight knowing it's going to be a tussle. So I think that's the difference between me and him. I go into war knowing I'm in war. He'll go into a battle and only if he knows he's going to come out on top. No, that's not the case sometimes. You know, um, I mean, I study some people. I study the art of war. People that go out and don't come home the same. You know, people that go out and not even come home. That's war. You know, people, it's not war when you're going out and you know you're going to come out on top of all of them situations there. So. When he says that to me, it kind of shows me, you ain't really got bottled in, because you just think you're going to win. You know, I'm going into this fight, I know I'm going to win, but I know it could be at the same time be a very tough night. But you see how my heart doesn't change though. Like I say, my heart beats fear for no man. Woldy definitely wouldn't be the first person it beats fear for, trust me.
1: Do you think it goes the distance or not?
0: If it goes the distance, we both failed. (laughs) The pair of us. Why? Because he can't talk like he's a big banger. I can't talk like I'm a big bang and I can't bang up people like Wardley. Wardley's getting away. The judges ain't needed. They both have taken a, a lunch break, dinner break. They can go get some cold water in the heat whilst I quickly go and do my job on Wardley. Gonna be no judges needed.
1: Apart from the massive occasion it is for yourself, you're going into a fight, you're a professional fighter, it's a huge moment in terms of the British title being on the line, all those kind of things, a a big rival of yours, reminds me, as I said earlier when I was talking to Fabio, of James DeGale and and, uh, George Groves fighting years ago. You can go back to Audley Harrison, David Hay, lots of British fights where we were very excited about it. Apart from that, bigger than that, opening the Riyadh season, six heavyweight fights on the card, Roberto Duran Jr. Fighting Jack McGann there, obviously um, not heavyweights, but yeah. six heavyweight fights on the card. A really big event that's being promoted all over the world. We've seen the sphere in Las Vegas. We've seen just just it being promoted, literally globally. Brilliant videos leading into it. What does that mean to you, to be on, a, on an event of this magnitude?
0: It's good. I remember my coach told me, soak it up, because at the end of the day, all, we, all it is is a bunch of memories mm. so um I just enjoy it and soak it up um, there's gonna be a time when I'm headlining these shows and there's gonna be my name up there but you know you've got to play your position you got to climb the ladder uh, I can't complain I'm in a good opportunity right now you know I've got a I'm in a good space so yeah just kind of go there go with the flow enjoy it don't take it too serious you know um, I chose boxing boxing never chose me I chose to do this sport You know, so it's nothing I can't handle. You know, it's not one of them things where, you know, some certain people, they fight because they have to. I'm not in a position like that. I'm in a position, I fight because I want to, because I love it. You know, so when you do something like that, it's always different.
1: Do you want to steal the show though?
0: I definitely do want to steal the show, 100%. I want to steal his heart too, and his belts. You know, I just, yeah. I mean, I don't want to talk too much, but yeah.
1: Are you are you convinced in your heart and in your mentality, and your psychology that you will be the world champion?
0: I will be. There's not even no doubts, like, it's just... I don't know what it is, man, it's just something that separates me from these other boys. I seriously don't know what it is, like, I'm just the chosen one, you know, um, yeah. And, yeah, like, I just believe in myself, you know, um, you know what they say, sometimes Sometimes they can say something along the lines of like, okay, this guy doesn't know nothing, but for me, it's just more so it's me. It's just the way I am. I like fighting. I believe in myself. I know where my heart will take me. My heart's never failed me. Never. It definitely won't fail me now.
1: Final question, and it's on Big Francis. His heart has taken him out of Africa on an incredible journey, an incredible narrative arc like fury's story is incredible redemption overweight but in francis's story about being homeless in france and finding an mma gym and becoming a ufc heavyweight champion but always wanting to be a world champion in boxing and getting this opportunity is he a dangerous man david because he's got this opportunity when he steps in against fury
0: yeah he is he is and he's a big guy and he bangs so he is a dangerous man but at the same time, he's coming against the best, you know, people that have been in the field longer than he has and they still haven't done nothing. You've I done think. a load of rounds with uh, Fury. Yeah. yeah, exactly. 100? Uh, over that. Over over 200, probably. You know, um. so I kind of see the man. I know what the man's about. Um, By the same time, he gets to live the dream and I think that's what's good for him. So even if he comes up short, he still gets to go home saying he tried. You know, um. so he went into another man's playing field. You know, like I said, there's a the difference between tennis and table tennis. So, uh, what are you better at? Table tennis. Yeah. But I'd still believe when I got... you still I'd win at tennis. Exactly that. <laughs> when I play tennis, I still think I can come out on top.
1: Final one. Tell the fans what to expect on... no.
0: I'm October 28th. It's going to be a knockout. No judges needed.
1: Thank you, David. Cheers. Always. Thank you very much. Well, we've spoken to Fabio Wardley. We've spoken to David Adelaide. We've even spoken to Dan Hardy. And we're with the main man actually frank warren the guy that puts these things together the guy that calms them the guy that is so calm between two guys who might have kicked off today in wardley and adelaide frank you must have had stern words for the press conference
4: no nothing at all i just said to them as i said to them at the press conference they're even it. i mean you know it's they're professional fighters we made sure there's no entourages here and they know listen they've got a big fight on their hands fighting each other fighting each other in a ring without doing it here with a load of people around them 28th is gonna be a massive night for them to mm. British and Commonwealth title it's the main event on the fabulous card on Tyson Fury and Francis Ngannou all around the world all the eyeballs around the world you've seen all the publicity for this all the different you know everywhere cabs buses in every capital city <laughs> on billboards on screens everywhere, everywhere you look. On the 28th, everybody's gonna be watching that. And for Fabio Wardley and for David Adelaide, it's their chance to show the world what they've got. Because one thing's for sure, everyone's gonna know who the winner is.
1: Absolutely, and they have both said to me today on Battle of the Baddest that this ain't going the distance. And, And David Adelaide said if it goes the distance, we haven't done our jobs properly.
4: I agree with him. I don't think they'll go the distance. I think they'll do their jobs properly, but I don't think they'll go the distance. I really don't. I think, that, I think there's too much tension in this. I think there's a lot of pride. There's always pride involved in fighters. But these two guys, it's just a little bit more than that. And I think I think at the end of the day, because of that, you know, it won't be safety first. It'll be bums away.
1: I was up in Manchester at the weekend. We won't comment on necessarily on that card. But obviously Tommy Fury was fighting KSI and Tyson Fury was there. He looked in really good shape. You can see it in his face always, that he's clearly had a hard camp. When you are in these moments a week away, a week or so away from a big event with one of your fighters, Tyson Fury obviously, when he's facing someone he's got jeopardy against, where he almost has to win against Ngannou, otherwise it's one of the biggest upsets in boxing history. Do you, do you worry at all? Do you, I, do you get concerned leading into it?
4: Look, I've got every faith in Tyson, and he's a consummate professional. He, you know, he doesn't leave a stone unturned in his preparation for a fight. And he knows that he all the pressure's on him. It's not mm. on Naganu. naganu has mm. got nothing to lose in this, yeah. nothing to lose. He's got everything to gain, and I mean everything to gain. Tyson's the one who's got it all to lose because everybody seems to think or a lot of people think that he's you know it's a foregone conclusion which it you know it's not gonna this fight is not going to be what people think it's going to be this fight is going to be a war you know we just talked about one yeah just now for the british and commonwealth time this will be the same thing because the two of them the two of them go in there tyson in his last what how many fights three or four fights He's not gone out there and boxed.
1: He doesn't sit back anymore, does he? He's gone and
4: stood. He's planted his feet since he's been with Sugar. He's planted his feet and he lets his shots go. And he sees planting his feet with the hardest punching heavyweight in boxing for the last 50 years. Planted his feet and went toe-to-toe with him, traded with him. We see it. And he got caught a couple of times and went on the floor against this big puncher and showed what he's all about by getting up. I've I've never been you know never been a, a fan what i mean by a fan i've not really watched a lot of ufc but i've started watching i watched all of francis nagani's fights and he's a tough sod yeah you know he's tough it's a rough sport it's you know you see what they do there's kicking and whatever and he can punch he's a big whacker he's in the guinness book of records apparently he's the hardest punching sportsman out there he's in the guinness book of records for that so i look at i think is tyson going to you know, is he going to outbox Tyson? I can't see that. I can't see anybody doing that, by the way. Is he going to outbox him? No. So what's he going to do? He's going to put it on Tyson. He's got to put Tyson out of his stride, Tyson out of his comfort zone, and land his shots. And I think Tyson will do him at his own game. I think he'll stand there with him, and I think he'll let his bums go. It will be – I mean, all these, these two heavyweight fights, both of them, it's going to be bombs away. That's what it'll be.
1: And there's six heavyweight fights on the card, of course. Uh, Can you remember six heavyweight fights? No, I can't. Have you ever done one of those extravaganzas? I know you've had... Many years ago. Many Many years ago. Many years ago. Um, Should Tyson Fury come through unscathed, if you like, with no cuts, no serious injuries against Francis Ngannou, is there still an appetite for Tyson to face Alexander Usyk on December the 23rd?
4: Look. This place for him where we're doing his press conference used to be MI5 building. So it's a secret. You won't find uh, out until uh, after uh, the fight.
1: Uh, uh, fair enough. Um, but I'm going to ask this because Eddie Hearn's saying he might put Conor Ben and Chris Eubank on that night as well. Yep. Presumably he won't if you've got that fight on that night. What
4: title is that for?
1: I don't think there is a title. It's a welterweight versus a middleweight.
4: A verse, welterweight versus a middleweight. There's going to be a lot of interest outside of Britain for that.
1: Frank, um, we look forward to seeing you in Riyadh next week and for the Battle of baddest podcast. The game is being changed, isn't it?
4: Told you it was a game changer and it is a game changer. This is the start of something really big. This is the future. This is the start of something big. And. I'm really delighted that we're a part of it and been able to contribute to it. And I think what His excellently has done is magnificent. You know, you look at all these promos, they're like Oscar-winning things. Mm, mm. I mean, I've never seen prom- promotion like this. Cabs, buses, you know, everywhere. Oh, the quality
1: you know. of the of this down, tiny documentaries are incredible. The, go
4: down to the Thames where you, you know, you've got the Tower Bridge. You look at this stuff, it's phenomenal. It's fen- phenomenal. And... As I say, all that means, all this publicity means people are going to be watching something and they're going to be watching something and they're going to be excited by what they see. No doubt about that.
1: Thanks, Frank. We'll see you next week. Look forward to it. Cheers. Thank you. So the press conference is over. Just come with me for a moment. Wardley, Adelaide, no shenanigans today. They've spoken about what they want to do to each other on the night in Riyadh. Um, The press conference is over. You can see behind me what an amazing poster for this as well. Frank Warren's spoken. Wardley spoken, Adelaide spoken, British heavyweight title on the line, a big grudge fight, a big clash of young titans in the desert to open the Riyadh season, and to open, of course, Fury, Tyson Fury against Francis Ngannou. I'm Gareth Davis. You've been watching the Battle of the Baddest podcast. I'll see you in Saudi Arabia next week.
3: Sports Social Podcast Network.